0: Hello there and welcome into another edition of the intersection with conversation highlights from the meeting house on faith radio about a variety of topics, including news information and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. On this edition of the intersection, there is more material from the 2023 national religious broadcasters convention held recently in Orlando. First up, you'll hear highlights of a conversation with Erwin Lutzer, who provides analysis of cultural trends, citing examples of a widespread departure from truth in our culture today in order to alert Christians who can be motivated to continue to live biblically in the midst of it. And on this edition of The Intersection, Jeff Myers of Summit Ministries and Brandon Showalter of the Christian Post have done amazing work in providing solid perspective about the transgender agenda. And from NRB, they explain the imminent danger of people buying into the false notion that a person can change his or her biological sex. Finally, it's back to Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the NRB Convention with Shanna Byrd of Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, which was founded by the late Dan Celia. In our conversation, she discussed how Christians are called to be good stewards of the resources entrusted to them by God and how their decisions should be consistent with that viewpoint. You'll be hearing material from that conversation ahead. This is The Intersection, of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. When faced with cultural developments that are contrary to principles of God's Word, Christians have the choice to withdraw or engage. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, contends that Christians are to be discerning and boldly confront the culture, a concept that he explores in the book, No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. Here now from that conversation is Erwin Lutzer.
1: The purpose of propaganda is to so shape people's view of reality that even when confronted with a mountain of evidence, they will not change their minds. Mm. And so what we need to do is to ask, how does this er, herd instinct work? How is this shaped? And how is language used to shape that kind of a culture where indeed you have a herd instinct? And, of course, Hitler did it by blaming. You know, it was the fault of somebody else, namely the Jews, because they said they lost World War One. He did it by blaming. He did it by shaming. He did it by uh, strict consequences if you didn't obey. But let me give you one or two examples. I think I have six in my book, but one. You know that today universities have speech codes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I quote one university that says you shouldn't use the word freshman, and it goes on to say all the words that you shouldn't use. Now, And also it says if there is a barber shop in your area, don't say that he takes in walk-ins because you might offend those who are in wheelchairs. Now Bob, we need to just take a deep breath and ask ourselves this question, what's going on there? The purpose is not to elevate the discussion, but to silence the discussion, because nobody knows what is really appropriate and what is not. And so students self-censor themselves. You know, you go into a restaurant and you hardly know, you know, can we still ask for a men-you? I mean, this gets absurd,
2: <laughs> but well, you know,
1: we're living at a time when absurdity is no longer an argument against anything. So I deal with various ways that language is used. And another thing, one other thing quick about language before we go on to another topic. One of the things that happens is where you take a legitimate idea and you turn it into a cause of shame. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you don't have to deal with the idea. For example, you know, you are for, um, you're for pro-life Well, you hate women. If you believe in strong borders like I do, then, of course, you are a racist. And if you are opposed to same-sex marriage, you're a bigot. So everything, legitimate ideas are taken, and they are turned into issues of shame. And so it's so hard in the midst of all of this where propaganda begins these cultural streams and woe to
0: those who stand against it. Dr. Erwin Lutzer joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio. He is the author of the book, No Reason to Hide. Joining me here at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. And I appreciate what you are saying about the manipulation, if you will, of the language, where words are being used to, well, shame other people, and shame obviously leads to silence. And it does seem that in our culture today, those who espouse Christian beliefs, we seem to be on the receiving end of that shame. People are shaming us for our beliefs with the effort of essentially marginalizing Christians and the culture. Yes, for sure, for sure.
1: You know, we're living in a day and age that is basically irrational. It, no it makes no sense. For example, somebody said that there was a highway sign that said, biology is bigotry, because after all, what you want to do is to say that men can have babies too. Now, in George Orwell's book, In 1984, and I quote this in my book, No Reason to Hide, a man by the name of Winston is taken into a back room and he is told that two plus two is equal to five, sometimes it's equal to three, sometimes it is equal to both. Now, I've given a lot of thought to that, and the question is, can you believe that two plus two is equal to five? I don't think you can. So what's going on there? What's going on there is simply this, that what they want us to do is to learn to live by lies.
0: Erwin Lutzer here on this edition of The Intersection. You can find out more by going to moodymedia.org. Next up at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, here is material from a conversation with Karen Whiting and Pam Farrell, the co authors of the book Growing a Joyful Heart Devotions of Accepting God's Gifts for Abundant Living from Joy Givers. In our conversation, they discussed their collaboration on the book and provided insight into experiencing God's joy. Here now are Karen Whiting and Pam Farrell. The book
2: is set up that you start with inner joy, then relational joy, and then choosing joy in all circumstances, and then being a joy giver, to sprinkle joy in the lives of others. But part of that is, I believe when we have joy in our heart, which we have when we trust God and give things to Him and choose it, it spills over to give God glory and people see that as joy, but it also attracts them to what causes us to do that. When my husband was dying and my neighbors all looked, they said, but you still all have joy. How can you have that? And we said, well, we know where we're going and we have chosen. There's only certain things that can happen. We can live with any of those. And so that gives us joy because it's all in God's hands.
3: And you know, one of the things that um, I love about the way Karen set up this book in particular but all of her books is there's always a takeaway so we have a choosing joy today takeaway ah. to help people apply joy right now this morning i just been in time with jesus and throughout the rest of your day
0: pam farrell karen whiting joining me today here at nrb 2023 the national religious broadcasters convention in orlando florida well the book is growing a joyful heart obviously karen that implies that there is a process involved yes. in joy and you mentioned the first component is to have that inner joy yes. and the the two of you were talking about <laughs> difficult circumstances when you're you know dealing with with loss or the illness of a loved one or other difficult circumstances we still can have joy and that's something I think that is a, a common definition of authentic spiritual joy is that it is not dependent on what is going on around us as the storms rage we can still and not only can we have the (laughs) inner peace but we can also have that sense of joy
2: That's right. And when a storm raged, it was a cat for a storm, and my husband was away on military orders. I had five children in a closet with me, okay? We had some mattresses down, and during the night, we'd wake up, especially when the little one wanted to nurse, and I'd read from the Bible, and I'd pray with the children and say, We're okay. We still have a roof here. And in the wee hours of the morning, when I... All of a sudden decided, oh, the one I'm going to read now is Jesus calming the storm. And I prayed, and everything went silent. We were quiet in that closet for, it seemed like two minutes or so, when Michael at the back of the closet piped up and said, Mom, you should have read that one first. (laughs) (laughs) And we all laughed, and we realized we could still laugh. We had joy no matter what. You know, we came out of that closet and started looking around and saw that our sunken living room was sunk. There was water (laughs) in there. That We saw glass everywhere. We saw so many things that were broken and we had holes over the roof and other things happening. But during that whole time, we still had joy. Uh, God sent a neighbor over. I call him my angel because I never saw him again. I only met him that weekend before the storm came at church, and he found out where we lived. He came to see how we were. He helped clean the debris out of the driveway so we could get a car out and we had before the storm came I had my daughters make bread four loaves of whole wheat bread we gave him a loaf of bread what else do you get an awesome <laughs> 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 and so there were so many things that happened and that we had joy over each of these things and rejoice that God sent people to help and other things that happened You know, while we're writing um, this Growing a Joyful Heart,
3: we both had the opportunity to choose joy. I had uh, what I call an ICU episode, near-death experience, uh, where I was in a coma. So Karen had to choose joy that God was still in control. He knew what was going to happen to me. And then once I woke up from the coma, I realized one of the things that God had spoken to my spirit was, there's still more work for you to do. And I had to choose joy. God, you're still in control. You'll give me everything that I need to be able to finish this project with Karen so that other people can know this deep abiding joy through Jesus.
0: Pam Farrell and Karen Whiting here on this edition of The Intersection. You can find out more through their respective websites, which are love-wise.com and karenwhiting.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection as well as The Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the podcast to the Media Center, as well as through its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests on the Faith Radio YouTube channel. A link is provided there from the homepage. Plus, two blogs are accessible. One is the three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also the front room with commentary and devotional thoughts from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Just search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. It's back now to the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando where Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries, and Brandon Showalter, senior investigative reporter for the Christian Post, discussed material related to the book they have co-authored called Exposing the Gender Lie, How to Protect Children and Teens from the Transgender Industry's False Ideology. Here now from that NRB conversation are Jeff Myers and Brandon Showalter. It's not a newsflash that young people,
4: many of them, are uncomfortable in their bodies. That's Mm. not news. What's news here is that there have been people with an ideology of queer theory, going back to critical theory. It's really an assault on truth. And and they've sought to say, hey, that confusion that you're feeling, here's what it is, here's the name for it. It's, It's about gender, not about your sex. And then there's a medical industry coming behind that saying, A CERTAIN PERCENTAGE OF THE PEOPLE WHO CLAIM TO BE TRANS ARE GOING TO WANT TO DO SOMETHING ABOUT IT MEDICALLY. THEY CAN BE LED TO BELIEVE THAT BY TAKING HORMONE THERAPY OR EVEN PUBERTY BLOCKERS IF THEY ARE VERY YOUNG, THEY CAN SOLVE THIS PROBLEM and earn the, med- the, the, the medical industry billions of dollars. So mm. the confusion is not new. What is new is a, a culture that says there's no such thing as truth, an ideology that says there's no such thing as a, a dimorphic sexuality that's relevant
0: to anything else, and a medical industry that says we see dollar signs. Jeff Myers and Brandon Showalter joining me today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio. It is the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. Well, this is very enlightening, Jeff, as you were sharing with respect to the medical industry, again, being an intentional effort that has been undertaken here. And Brandon, you and I have had the conversation about the the fact that There are those, especially medical professionals, that buy into this ideology and promote it. They don't even want you to know that it's taking place. And so now when you have hospitals such as Boston Children's and Vanderbilt and others that have been exposed, it it really shows that, well, the, the culture at large has been deceived that this really is going on. It's not a matter of nothing to see, here. keep driving. This is something that is taking
5: place, and it's obviously very insidious. Oh, it's so insidious, and so many of the activists that have been slowly trying to inculcate the public with this dogma have operated by stealth. Very sneaky, you know, behind closed doors. Nothing to see here. Uh, but then, as sunlight is shown on it, and as you know, you mentioned Vanderbilt, where they had the video footage that emerged from Daily, the Daily Wire, where they actually had doctors on tape saying out loud that this, these, these bottom surgeries, as they are called euphemistically, where they disfigure the genitals of people, are, are, are a good money maker for the hospital. They actually mm. said it. And Boston Children's Hospital, you also mentioned, where the doctors were admitting on their own on their own videos. Bearing their own watermark to doing these surgeries and uh, but beyond that, the activists have been even worse, I think, in the media, which has given cover mm-hmm. to these medical institutions they 've papered over it with gender affirming care, the euphemisms or, or, or there are there other things transition care you know these other <laughs> these other things that make it all sound so sweet and nice, but it 's the manip- the manipulation and the twisting of language that has shielded. Um, what's actually going on, which in my opinion, and Jeff I know shares this view, are medical atrocities. This is, I believe, we believe, one of the worst medical scandals and child abuse scandals that the world has ever seen. And it's aided and abetted by a corporate press that has sort of been the protective phalanx around the medical institutions that are harming, irreversibly harming Cho- children and young people who will have to live with the regret of what they did to their bodies for the rest of their life. And we know children can't give consent, but the manipulation is just so mm. constant in, in this space. And the activists have indeed been very sneaky and stealthy uh, all these years. But I think finally now there has been an awakening. A year from Alabama, they passed a state, a state law to restrict this for minors before most of this most recent rash of states in the last couple of months have done so. So the public is waking up, but I I think it is hard to believe when people first confront it because it's so horrible. They can't believe that children are being disfigured and harmed and sterilized like this. But then when they realize, no, it's actually as bad as we're saying and probably worse, then it's like, okay, well, people react very strongly when they see doctors literally disfiguring a child's body.
0: Jeff Myers and Brandon
5: Showalter from
0: an NRB conversation in Orlando. Here on The Intersection Podcast, the Summit Ministries website is summit.org. You can find Brandon at christianpost.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, and I had the opportunity recently to talk with Shanna Burt at the NRB Convention in Orlando. She is media host for Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, which was founded by the late Dan Celia. She discussed in our conversation how Christians are called to be good stewards of the resources entrusted to them by God, and how their decisions should be consistent with that viewpoint. Here now from that conversation is Shanna Burt.
6: Well, biblically responsible investing and ESG investing are both values-based strategies. Mm -hmm. However, the underlying values are much different. Right. For biblically responsible investing, we avoid companies who are using shareholder money to promote the agenda of abortion, pornography, the LGBTQ plus agenda, human rights violations. So we avoid those companies. Now, some of the CEOs of these companies are getting involved in these kind of things because they want to because that is their value system, and they're kind of pushing their value system on all of their other shareholders, which is a really bad business move. I mean, just look at what happened with Bud Light here recently, you know, and the and the, the um, backlash that they got. But some of them, some of these companies are doing it because they're getting pressure from the ESG. So the ESG is a value based movement, mm-hmm. but their values are inclusion, equity, diversity, All of those things, all of those things that we are against as Christians, because, you know, the Lord tells us not to be engaged in those kind of activities because, you know, God hates sin because sin hurts his kids, right? Yes. So, um, are even though they're both values-based strategies, they're much different. Some of the CEOs are doing it because it matches their values and some of them are doing it because they're getting pressure from these ESG investors. Uh, Blackrock State Street, Vanguard those are the three largest firms. They control trillions of dollars in assets, and whenever you are a shareholder in a company, you get to vote on certain things. So the basic premise with biblically responsible investing is that God owns everything, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever yep. money we have, it's not really ours, it's god's, and we're we're called to have responsibility, certain responsibilities. well we when we invest in a publicly traded company, we become a shareholder because we're entitled to our share of the company's profits, of their dividends if they pay them out. But we don't get to make the day-to-day decisions. We have trusted that stewardship decision to the board of directors and the CEO and the management. And if they're making decisions to use company money to sponsor gay pride parades, to fund Planned Parenthood uh, clinics, to lobby Congress, to change the definition of what God says marriage is, mm. um, what God says sexuality and gender is all about, then we have become yoked with those companies when we let them use God's money to do that. So, you know, we, we want to be the voice on the other side because they're being pressured by the left and the ESG investors who control all of these shares, um, the, the, these voting shares. So we want to give an alternative.
0: So who are these investors? You mentioned the three funds. What is their motivation? Is it that they're so gung-ho to promote these values, or is there something else that's going on as you see it?
6: Um, The ones that are the left that's coming against the corporate America, uh, they have these scores, you know they score all of these corporations on how well they are inclusive mm. about their um, LGBTQ programs on at work um, sensitivity training sensitivity yeah. training inclusion all of these things. So they give them scores and they threaten to sell out of their companies if they won't comply with these things. So they those three firms control. Trillions of dollars in assets. And if they decided to dump all of Mobil shares that they owned in one day, it can really wreak havoc on their share price.
0: Mm. Shanna Burt from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. You can find out more at financialissues.org. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of the Meeting House on Faith Radio. You can learn more through the programming section at faithradio.org or go to meetinghouseonline.info. Through that homepage, you'll find a link to the media center, the place. <clears throat> through that homepage, you'll find a link to the media center, the place you can go to listen to or download. Full conversations with recent guests featured on the intersection as well as the Meeting House Radio program. You'll also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you'll find a link through which you can watch video of Meeting House guests on the Faith Radio YouTube channel. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Front Room, featuring devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. There's also The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. You can also follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.